Ryan the Shaman is here. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. Good morning. I'm looking forward to this one. I really am. Thank you for coming, mate. I only met you last week. You came into Burrito HQ to record with Dudge. Absolutely. And we had a little chat. Uh, a little brief uh, a little brief tester of today. And it was um, interesting to hear your view. One that I haven't heard before. So looking forward to it, mate. Thank you for making the early trip. Um, you're a shaman. Yep. If Let's can, jump straight into that. If man. we can throw those words around, I mean, you know, I think uh, the word shaman, everybody's got a different perspective and uh, perception on that. And I think it's really important to understand that um, the word shaman doesn't mean that you are anything. It's just kind of like saying that somebody does yoga or somebody does meditation. It's just kind of like it's a practice, really. It doesn't mean you are anybody or you are anything, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think we're very caught up in this time of world now where everybody's caught up with labels and trying to be something. Mm-hmm. So... What's the alternative to that? What would you say is, okay, if you're not a shaman, what, what does well, that involve? Shaman's actually quite a modern word, really. And the word shaman came from uh, the Tonga tribe in my uh, Mongolia. And that, I mean, shaman's been around for 100,000 years, if not more. And different parts of the world call it different things. So, you know, Toltecs call it something different. Uh, you know, England, we would have called them druids. Druids? Yeah. Never we had the that. Druids, yeah. yeah. So we had the Druids here in the UK. And uh, witches, I guess, can be that kind of degree. And the word shaman, the way I like to explain to people is that if you think about when you go into a hospital or you go into, you know, see the doctor and you say, oh, I need this, they go, well, okay, you might want a doctor, but what is it you want to specialise in? You know, not every doctor specialises in one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they like if you've blown your knee out, like we're talking about, we're going for a run this morning, my knee was hurting a little bit, then not every doctor is going to be specialised in that. Some of them are more specialised in the brain. So it's mm-hmm. about understanding what your speciality is, if that makes sense. So you'll never find the same shaman. And that's why it's really important to understand that there isn't really a title that you can use as such, if that makes sense. So I'd put it down to like um, some kind of spiritual healer that focuses on certain problems or issues that people have had absolutely yeah if we think about like um like a priest for a minute right the difference between a priest and a shaman a priest gets a book the bible reads it and that's where his knowledge comes from and he just regurgitates that the difference with a shaman um is you cultivate your knowledge from the experience of life and it's about understanding how you perceive the world and understanding that we're all in a dream state and that what I mean by a dream stays, if you think about a dream at night, how that can change and how we can manipulate dreams. Well, we're doing that in daily life, aren't we? If we come across somebody and we don't really like them, and something's not quite right, it's actually usually a representation of ourselves. So we can shift our consciousness to create new things around us. It's like when people buy a new car, all they see is that new car, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you've switched into that different dimension that creates that for you. So... The difference is with, with shamanism is that you there is no kind of like guideline book, if that makes sense. It's direct experience and you work with medicines and and listen to those and, and build up your own inner knowledge. And, you know, we were talking about, obviously, I had a podcast with Alex and there was a lot of things. Well, there's still so much to talk about. I mean, we're talking for like two hours and there's still more to go through. And looking back at my life and what I've had and, you know, the experiences I've had, they teach you great lessons. So that's that's kind of what a shaman is, really, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And mine tends to be really focused on the mind and how we perceive the world. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get into it? So 
did you have a few problems back in the day that kind of led you to because I know a lot of people going to ayahuasca to heal trauma um, is that something that you went through and you had to go out there and yeah I don't know if you want to yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. if he's upsetting Skippy um, but yeah to no, how did it happen mate? We'll, we'll, we'll do it we don't need to edit nothing man we'll make it raw so everybody's listening man. to this listen to the whole thing we'll just be true and pure let's have it then mate what happened um, so basically if we think about how it started again let's just refer to shaman I mean it's very be- it's very much believed traditionally that you have like a near death experience that creates that initiation into the shamanism I was um, born born dead so whether or not that made a difference, um, but growing up as a kid, I always used to have really profound thoughts. I was really kind of a bit of a different soul, really. Never really fitted into place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, never been bothered about clothes and all the usual stuff that everybody else was. Like, as a kid, all I'd want to watch is animal documentaries, and I was obsessed with the Amazon rainforest, and that was just my big thing, really. It's all I cared about, if that made sense. So I was really unique in that way. And then... Then as you get a little bit older, you kind of move away from those things. My mum used to say little bits, and I just think, oh, you're crazy. What are you talking about, mom? Oh, get off it. Uh, <laughs> and and then, I, you know, we all kind of get caught up in life, and I went down this corporate world, and I then started to get really quite stressed out. It was a few different things that had happened at that point. Um, split up with a partner, and I was with a new partner, and she was chasing me around trying to get back to me, and I was like, oh, do I, don't I? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and I was getting really stressed out. Work was really high pressure. You know, they were chasing me all the time. But, uh, you know, it was like a sales environment. I really hated it. It just was not for me. Mm. Um, but I kind of, I needed a job, and I ended up getting into that, and I really just did not like it. And they were just constant pressure, 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 pressure. And then uh, my social media, my Instagram, just started filling up with like cannabis. And I was like, nah, don't do cannabis. All because when I was a kid, with the, uh, obviously, the upbringing and the growth that I had, I guess, I was watching my friends doing cocaine at the age of 12 off the PlayStation Jeez. games that their mom got them. Wow. Um, one of them got baseball bad because he didn't pay the drug dealer. Um, they were doing bongs, making bongs out of Coke bottles and stuff. Mm. You know, it's really profound. And I look back at it now and I just think how everybody was like, well, you know, my friends at that time, how they, how they thought how grown up they were. But like, even thinking about the Coke bottle they had, they didn't buy the Coke. The parents bought them the Coke. Mm. The Coke bottles, not the actual cocaine, mm-hmm. may I just add. Mm. <laughs> well, theoretically, they did because they got pocket money. The parents, you know, probably it has been know. known. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was really profound, actually, to uh, to see that. And I never really wanted to do it. I tried little bits of cannabis, never really did anything, didn't like it. And then I was seeing this and I was like, look, I don't want to smoke it because of me being caught up with my past. You know, watching my friends and the way that they were using it and how they were kind of... Wasting their life a little bit, really. Mm. They were just just stoners, classic stoners. Mm. Um, <laughs> just laugh at some of the things they did, and um, and then yeah, it started coming up a lot, really. And I thought, right, I'm not going to smoke it, but I'm going to eat it. So I spoke to a friend of mine, and I said, "Look, can you get me some?" And he said, "All right, I'll get you some." So I made some brownies, went to co-op, bought a uh, brownie mix. Went home, made some brownies with the wife. Um, who wasn't my wife at the time, my girlfriend. And uh, <laughs> stuck the whole house out of cannabis. And my friend stayed. They had like one or two. And they were absolutely giggling their, giggling their head off 
within about an hour and a half, an hour. I'd had nothing, so I ate three, right? I didn't realise how hard it was going to hit me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I know what's coming here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my friend then disappeared and I went home, like upstairs in the bedroom and we had this like plastic plant thing that was in there and the plant was trying to eat me and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember lying, up, lying down on bed and next thing I know, I feel like a wave. I'm like almost above my body and I'm going up and down. It was really crazy and I just felt so sick. I went to the toilet and I was just puking and it was coming out of both ends. It was real like deep, deep stuff coming out. And uh, I fell asleep next to the toilet. <laughs> Stop bothered naked actually I was. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I fell asleep next to the toilet. Uh, I had to call in sick to work next day and I thought, God, well, that didn't really deal with my anxiety or stress or anything, did it? That was pretty pointless. So I thought, and obviously so it's my friend and my, my my partner, and she was like, well, you need to do less. My friend was like, you need to do less next, next time. Realise it takes you longer to get there. So I was like, okay. So my wife had gone off to Poland and this was like a Tuesday evening. I was off work the next day. So this was on the, you know, the Wednesday order would, would have been off, but I was off into other dimensions <laughs> and um i was like right this time because of how bad it was don't leave me stay with me and i said this to my friend you know stay with me don't leave so we made these brownies i ain't got a clue how much was in there but i can tell you it was a lot i think it was like 20 pound or whatever it was back then which is like eight years ago or mm. something so i don't know what that equivalent to now mm. i haven't got a clue um whether or not it's changed who knows not a lot I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we, uh, I don't know what strain it was or anything. But, yeah, so I had this one. And then just sitting there, it was all fine. Next thing I know, my mate's like, eyes are off closing and he's baked out of his face. And he goes, well, I'm going home now. I said, no, 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 no. You said you were going to stay with me because of my last experience. No, no, I'm going home, mate, I'm baked. <laughs> I want to go out and have some food. I was like, all right, fine. And I hadn't eaten this day. I just thought, right, let's just rest into it. Let's just surrender in. And then the popping started getting more intense and came onto both ears and then worked its way round into my eardrums and then my eardrums are going... Pop, 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 pop. I thought, bloody hell, this is getting weird now. Next thing I know, I have this, like, download. As if somebody's talking to me in my own head. Oh, shit. And the next thing I know, I'm lifted. I say lifted but I wasn't in control of my body at this point. Like, I don't even... I just met... You know, almost like when you watch a film and somebody's, like, really drunk and you have, like, like flash moments and you get, like, spots that are missing. It was almost like that. And it was, like, one minute I was on the bed, next minute I'm up out of the bed. Then I'm, like, seeing a little section of me walking. Then I'm over the toilet. And next thing I know, my fingers... I'm witnessing my fingers going in and out of my throat, trying to make me sick. And I'm I'm not in control of my body at, at all at this point. I'm just witnessing this happening. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And the next thing, I start seeing these images coming through my mind. Like I close my eyes and I'm seeing it as if it's as vivid as now. And I'm seeing myself dying. I'm seeing the ambulance turn up to my house to collect my body. No. Yeah. I'm watching the ambulance take my body away. I'm watching my family grieve over me. I'm watching my partner talk about me. I'm watching how everybody spoke about me at that moment, who I was and all that. I watched my funeral. Vividly. Yeah, yeah. I watched the whole part of it, how everybody would grow without me and what would happen and all that. And I was like, God, um, what was it trying to tell you? The old me couldn't exist. Mm. And it was a uh, very... Why though? Were you on drugs or what? No, well, no, 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 no. I think it was just, I was very, I think we were all a little bit selfish, but I was very selfish. 
and I ever only ever thought about myself, if that makes sense. And even though there were certain things that I was very conscious of, mm-hmm. there was things that we can always change. And, you know, I knew that I needed to change. I knew that I couldn't stay that way. But at the time, I didn't recognize what it was showing me. I just thought I was physically going to die. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was like an ego death, if that makes sense. Is, is this what pushed you to go to South America and try ayahuasca and get into all that? Is this what... Um this experience like this this bad one this bad trip bad trip um let's talk about that for a momento um a bad trip i don't think a bad trip ever exists actually i think what what, what would you call what you what, what you went through with this whole kind of i'm dying kind of experience a like, lesson a lesson a teaching this lesson that, that <laughs> you got taught yeah. is this what um sent you to south america but i think as I mentioned, I was always really drawn about working with the Amazon. I always knew, I always said, I will go to the Amazon. And then, yeah, I do think that that did shape me being drawn to ayahuasca. Same as the cannabis kept popping up, ayahuasca kept turning up on my Instagram. And it was almost like the universe was talking to me through Instagram quite a few times at this point before I could really learn to listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's to find the medium, you know, to try and talk to you. So it started coming up a lot. And then, yeah, I went to the Amazon rainforest and that was absolutely incredible. How many times have you done ayahuasca? Four. Four times. It's mad when you look into what what goes on. I've done DMT. How would you compare it to DMT, a typical DMT? Well, a friend of mine brought some DMT around for me and uh, whether or not he's listening. Um, We... We tried DMT, like he was saying to me about, you know, working with DMT and he says, you know, he he had like... um, it was like the powdery, crystally kind of stuff in this particular like bong. And I had to buy a special lighter for it and everything. And I went to do it and I was trying to, to take it in. And at this point, he was on like a rest. He didn't want to do any for like a good few months. So he's still on a rest now at the moment. So this was probably about four months ago, five months ago or something. So I tried to do some. And all I got was a really sore throat. That was it. Nothing happened. Mm. And he said, oh, I don't know if it's got an expiry date on it or not. So I can't say how that compares to DMT. Um, I really don't know. All I know is that DMT is 10, 15 minutes, isn't it? Depending well, I've on... heard ayahuasca is kind of like a long journey. And it's more, it's not kind of like one big intense trip. It's kind yeah. of like, uh, you know, like a, over the period of what, I don't know, half a day, six hours, whatever. Um, it can be long, man. We really? started one ceremony at, this was the one that I had, the one ceremony that was really difficult. Um, I think we started about 8 o'clock at night. I don't think we finished till 6 a.m. So that was a different blend of ayahuasca. Mm. The ayahuasca we had for the other two nights, the bottle blew up in the middle of the night, like literally exploded. Um, so we, we had to go see the local shaman and get some more ayahuasca off him. And this was a fresh blend. Mm. Um, and that was a completely different taste and completely different energy to it as well. What's one thing that you learned, one thing that stands out, one, one big message that you got um from from any of your trips i think i think what i would say is that the biggest lesson that i had is learning that it's okay to have little human traits it's okay to have the ego because you can't not have the ego Mm -hmm. i was always chasing to drop off the ego i was dropping everything off like i had all the new cars when i worked at you know that place they got new company cars and i had all the flash stuff and i was Mm -hmm. buying like motorbikes left right and center and i just like i said i just i wasn't grateful for life if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know i was good money and just wasn't realizing and i was in i then went into this stage before i went to mother aya so i was probably about three four years in probably about three years into my journey before i worked with aya 
and she made me become absolutely nothing and absolutely nothing I was what um when you said about the cars and you had all the flash stuff and you was on good money and you was in the system um do you reckon it taught you to you know get rid of materialism um it just kind of made everything seem worthless and because a lot of people say that off mushrooms they they start to realize that you know the the posh watch and the nice car and the big house ain't, ain't nothing no i mean i wasn't as bad as some of the other lads like some of the other lads would have like a mont blanc pen and all this sort of stuff and i spent like 200 quid in a pen and i'm just like i'm not interested like clothes i weren't in- yeah 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 and i was like i'm not interested I mean, you know we, we were on good good money so people were doing silly things like that and i weren't quite to that level but you know i would spend my mm. money on motorbikes mm. that was where my money went yeah. fast bikes and yeah, I just realised that, you know, and I do say this to people now, like, when we leave, when we return home, when we leave our bodies at the end of our life cycle, one thing we can be 100% sure of is that we're going to die, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon, but I know at some point in my life, I am going to die. That's one <laughs> thing I'm sure of. So when we think about that, we think, has there ever been anybody who's lay on their deathbed and said, quick, go and get me my Mercedes, quick, go and get me that BMW, quick, go get me my Rolex watch? Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories where people have said they've had a near-death experience. I spoke to someone who got electrocuted at work and he said he was dead for six minutes and they brought him back to life. And all he could hear was like his family laughing and memories popping in his head of yeah. good times, you know. And he said not once did anything material pop into his his, his thoughts. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's mad. What, um, what, would you say to some, what would you say to someone who doesn't know about ayahuasca or DMT and they said to you, Oh, you're crazy. It's a drug. What would you say? I would say, do your research. Understand that everything has medicine. And when we think about, for instance, the sun, as beautiful as the sun is, we can have too much of it, can't we? And we can get sunburned. You're telling me, man. (laughs) Yeah. So it's understanding that everything has a limitation to it, as good as something can be. So when people talk about Mother Aya, they all kind of want to make it sound fantastic and have all these beautiful experiences and things. And the reality of that is, is that it isn't always that beautiful. It can be difficult teachings. And I think it's really important to also understand that it's not going to fix you. It's going to show you the lessons and it's what you do with it that makes a difference because we have something called free will. Got you. So is it a drug no, it's a medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's a medicine that shows you things that you're not aware of in the subconscious. Things that you're not... I mean, we, we run our daily lives off a of programming, you know, a software. Our body's the hardware and our mind is the software. And we have all these different programs that create our reality. And we, we work with about 80% of our subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing that, we haven't got a clue what we're really going on in the world. There's only so much information our brains can take in. Mm-hmm. there's loads of videos those of you who want to do it but there's loads of videos out there and they've got like somebody dancing here and somebody doing this and they've got like a random dinosaur that walks at the back and you're like didn't even see the dinosaur my brain can't take that much download of information in it limits how much information it takes in and when you work with the medicine mm. is it shows you those things that you've not been able to aware of it, it kind of blocks the receptors that you usually use and lets you see things differently so it's mm. really beautiful and really powerful yeah quality mate you were vegan for two years did any of your spiritual journey uh 
put you on that path or was it completely unrelated? No, it did. Yeah. What, what happened there? So again, as I was saying earlier about the Instagram was kind of talking to me and showing me this stuff, all I was seeing is like all this vegan stuff about how it affects the body and how the health differences are. Um, and then I was seeing like little bits about how the cruelty of animals was going on and all this different stuff. And obviously I was, you know, and I am really into this part of cruelty and, and different things, but ultimately I understand everything kind of serves a purpose at the flip side of that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. as uncomfortable as it all is. It's kind of like we were all going out of balance to get back into balance as well. So we're seeing all this vegan stuff coming up and that, you know, <laughs> that milk isn't our natural thing to have. We don't really get a lot from it. A lot of it, I think it's like pus or something like that. I can't remember what it is now, but it's like, it's not very good for you and, and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, man, I, I've got to cut it off. And I'm one of those sort of people that when I made my mind up on something, that's it, it's done. Mm. And I went, right, I'm vegan, bang, done. Next day, next moment, done. So I was vegan then for two years and I lived like a vegan, um, you know, as you'd expect. I've always been really cautious of the earth anyway, even as a kid. I'd always, you know, never litter. You know, I'd watch my other friends doing it. I'd be telling them off and I'd be putting it in my pocket. Wife always tells me off. I've always got rubbish in my pockets because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't want to do it. Like mm-hmm. our recycling bin is absolutely rammed all the time. Mm-hmm. So I always had that kind of consciousness, if that makes sense about it. And I just wanted to make sure I ate properly. And I tell you what, I could tell the difference. People would say to me, Ryan, your face and your skin looks amazing. Now you've gone vegan. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel better. I've lost loads of weight, Mm. loads of weight. Uh, But at that time as well, I was doing Thai boxing and I was at the gym as well. Mm-hmm. So that made a big difference. So for those of you that believe that you can't be uh, fitness on vegan and you can't get proteins, absolutely bollocks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you can. Yeah. So you felt good. You were vegan for two years. Yeah. You were vegan for two years. You felt good. There was no issues. You were eating a wide variety of food. You were getting all your nutrients, all your protein. As you've said, you felt good. You felt fit. Your skin was clearer or mm. clearer. Yeah, yeah, skin was clearer. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed is... Skin is a massive thing. Um, you then went to the Amazon. Yeah. Did ayahuasca. Yeah. Connected with nature. Yeah. And then you decided to not be vegan. I went to like pes- pescatarian. We still eat, you eat fish. Mm-hmm. The only reason why is because, number one, you can't be a vegan in the Amazon rainforest. It's not that easy. As silly as that sounds, uh, mm-hmm. it's not that easy to be vegan. Um, so when they were doing the, the diety for us, the food, there was no, like, I struggled. Like, there were some meals I had to skip because they had fish and different things. And I was cool with that. I was like, no, I'm vegan. I'm doing this for the earth and blah, blah. And then I started watching how, like, the shamans were communicating with the forest around them and everything. And I realized that the respect that they had. And when the shaman was singing to Mother Aya and blowing tobacco at her. And, and it was like, you know, he's cutting mother Aya away and he's showing a complete respect so we can work with it and then i started thinking well hang on they've gone and caught the fish out of the lake that i'm looking at and sitting with and talking to and connecting with they've got a real relationship with the world around them and i realized that we're so disconnected from that like we are just treating animals like like well farming them aren't we we aren't caring for them or giving them any kind of a care or affection or any kind of ceremony like our ancestors used to I think when we do that, we really degrade the meat we eat. So 
a friend of mine who obviously, uh, as you may have heard, left me last time, was in the Amazon and couldn't leave me this time. Um, but he was saying to me, you know, you need to eat. Like we went and stayed at Santa Cruz for a few days afterwards just mm-hmm. to kind of blend back into normal life to get ready to go back home. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you do these, it's all blissful and you're in the jungle and everything's magical, but you, you've got to take that magic back home to be able to integrate it. Yeah. You know, you've got to think about the environment, haven't you? That you're going back to. And he was like, look, you've got to eat some. And I started looking at the menu and I was like, okay, I can have a bit of this fish. Google Translate and everything, obviously. So I was like, right, let's do that. Let's do this. And then I realized I was listening to my body. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I can have the bits of fish. But before I was eating my food, like, my grandparents are Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And before we had food, they would always pray over it. And always be like blessings and stuff. And as a kid, you don't really kind of take it in, but it kind of gets embedded in you. Mm-hmm. So when I'm eating my food, like my wife laughs at me quite a lot because I, I stare at it like as if it's my lover. And like, I can't, like the TV could be on, but I don't, I'm not interested in any of that. I'm just staring at my plate of food. Like I love it and I'm, I'm eating it. I'm thinking about the processes of what's happened, who's got it, the people, their lives, what could it have been like and, and the animal, what that could have done and how that's integrated. And then I realized that... As the shaman who cuts down the mother Aya mm-hmm. and recognises that the medicine that that offers, I'm thinking about, well, this fish I'm about to eat is giving my body some medicine as well. Mm-hmm. And I can incorporate and do the best that I can through that. So it kind of changed my mind. And then my wife was like, look, I want to go on a diet, but all the diets are with meat. It's like, <sighs> okay, I'll give it a go. Because I've started to build a different relationship with the world around me. So I said, mm-hmm. okay. And then we started eating meat again. Um, I can tell the difference with the meat um, in the body, if that makes sense. Like I actually was in a point in my life where I was very ungrounded. Mm. Um, whereas actually eating meat has allowed me to be more grounded with the world around me, if that makes sense. In what way? In the way that kind of my mind works. And that I was like, I think I was in a, this state of like constant escaping. And I think people go down that kind of route and use the word spirituality as an escape. And I think I was down that part. And then when I started eating the meat and stuff, my body didn't feel um, as energetic as such as I could say. Um, I do, yeah, mm. I do feel energetic like now, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so that might sound very contradictive, but I do feel energetic now. So it's just, it changed kind of my perception and the view of life around me, really, mm. if that makes sense. If, if you had um, a percentage scale when you were vegan to mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. let's just say you felt 90% good on vegan, what do you feel now? I would say they're probably on par now. That's good to hear, yeah. yeah. Because the problem is, as you would know, is people eat shit and then they blame the vegan diet and then they eat a piece of steak and they go, oh, I feel amazing. Um, so you, you, it's good that you admit that it depends what you eat and not just the fact of whether you're yeah. vegan or not. Um, well, well, absolutely. You've got to think about, you know, those parts of what you eat and also think about the plant as well, what the plant offer, is offering because I think we, we don't realise that plants release chemicals to protect themselves from certain insects and things like that. We're also digesting that. So we have to be mindful of what it is we're eating. Some foods haven't got the greatest amount of nutrition for us, if that makes sense. Mm. And we have to be mindful of what it is we're actually eating. Yeah. So... As a spiritual person, would you say that all living things, including humans, including 
all animals. Um, when I say living, let's just say sentient things. Let's not talk about plants because obviously they can't they can't experience animal <laughs> suffering. Uh, would you agree? I would say everything around us is alive. Everything. It is. It is. But um, for instance, if you chopped uh, an eggplant in half, uh, you you would say that it wouldn't experience the same that it would if you cut me or you in half, or a... maybe because we're trying to look at it from a human experience. Well, and we're not listening to the way that they communicate. Maybe, but you know that you'd rather chop a carrot in half than a cat in half. So you'd say that you'd say that animals and humans are, you know. Well, yes, and that is if you go to China, mm-hmm. they don't have an issue with chopping a cat up. Exactly, but we do. Why do you think that is? I think that's probably down to our culture and our conditioning, where they don't have respect. They don't bring those animals into their life and care for them and see what actually they offer. And they're very disrespectful to the land around them, the way that they hunt whales and don't realise the great knowledge that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're in a different kind of culture. And I think that's what makes the difference, really. I think it's the culture and the understanding, like I was saying about before I was vegan, my relationship with meat to now what my relationship is with the animal. Mm. And I think it's really important to understand that difference. So... If you talk about China and their culture and, you know, if, let's just say India. Indians don't eat cows, do they? Sacred. So, yeah, they're sacred. So you look at a Chinese person and would you, 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 would, would you disagree with the way they treat dogs and cats? Um, I, I, would... I understand that if you lived in China and you were brought up in China, you would think differently than you do now. But Absolutely. from your perspective, you and would that's... say that you disagree with... That's the key word, it's perspective, my mm. perspective. Yeah. Am I right or am I wrong? Mm-hmm. The Chinese person isn't going to say that they're, they're going to think they're right and I mm-hmm. might say that they're wrong, yeah. right? It's down to perce- perception. So if I lived in China and that was normal, then yes. But as I said earlier, as I refer back to and I think about my relationship with meat mm-hmm. versus my relationship now with animals, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's that consciousness that you bring through with it. You know, when people don't realise that, you know, even rocks talk to us, the rock people talk to us, and you think, well, what the hell is this guy talking about now? Well, think about it. When you pick up a rock, it talks to you in the way that it's, you can feel its temperature, can't you? If you hit two rocks against each other, they do talk, they sound back, they communicate with you in their own way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And they have their own frequencies. So I think it's about us being conscious of what it is we're doing Mm. And I think there's certain cultures that aren't conscious, if that makes sense. If that's answered your question. Well, if you if you look at the rock and you look at the plant and you say they they communicate with us, they that you know they've got some kind of energy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you'd throw a rock into the sea, but you wouldn't throw a, a puppy into the sea because you know that that puppy is sentient, and obviously, the, you, you the, know you, you you would you know you'd walk through grass and tread on plants and not feel any kind of yeah. remorse about it because you know that really it's not the same as an animal or a human so when you look at energy well let's um, let's just go back for a minute because i think you've got a very good point there mm-hmm. and i think some of the people that have who are listening and have just heard me talk about the rock being alive you know that changes your slight perception so maybe next time you pick a rock up you think oh Maybe there's a little bit of energy in this. Everything we forget, everything's vibrating. Science shows us this and proves to us that everything is in a constant state of vibration. Everything's Mm -hmm. moving, everything's alive, 
It's the vibrational state. So saying that a cat is more of a sentient being than the trees and the plants and then rocks and things like that, I think that's putting down the wisdom and the sentient being of the plant people and of the rock people and the people of the mountains and the forests and all those sort of stuff. For me... Well, from your perspective... From so, my perspective, so, I see them all as, as one. Because we okay, wouldn't... Okay, so, so I know this comes up a lot. So let's just say you walked out of your... You walked out of your house today mm-hmm. before you got here and you witnessed someone on a horse because horses are very common on the road so it mm-hmm. wouldn't be a hypothetical situation and the horse wouldn't move and someone was punching the horse and smacking the horse saying, come on, get a move on but proper hitting it, you know what I mean? Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. just giving it a click, yeah. you know what I mean? Proper smacking the horse. Would you feel the same as the emotion you do to the horse as you would if someone was kicking rocks around yeah yeah yeah. i've got a good point very good point there Mm -hmm. um i think it depends obviously if you've seen an animal being abused in that state in front of you then absolutely should do something about it um why why well i'm gonna come back to the rock for a moment and then we'll go into that (laughs) for instance i wouldn't go and tell some kid to stop kicking the rocks Mm -hmm. but my son on the other hand i say to him think about what you're doing be conscious about you kicking the rocks and th- kicking it into the plants and all the effect that you're having with that. Think about what you're doing to the world and the respect that you have of everything around you. So when we think about having the respect of everything around us, as I can say that to my son, because I can't go around just telling strangers on the street, stop kicking the rocks around. Because they'd be like, who's this madman telling me that rocks talk to us, right? Whereas with a horse, that's more acceptable in culture, isn't it? So that's a very easy example to say how, yes, I would get involved with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody kicking a rock, I wouldn't. But in my mind, I still would be like, you know, maybe we shouldn't kick the rocks, but it's not my place to say it. So you would say that you feel a lot of empathy towards the horse and you would try and stop the violence towards it? I think it's a very loaded question. <laughs> um, Why? I think, as I said, I think, yes, because I would specifically say something and say, you know, because it's more acceptable... People talk, you know, we have a lot of adverts talking about animal cruelty and things like that. We know that's not what we should do and everybody knows that that's not what we should do. Mm -hmm. Some people choose to go against that and hit horses in this example as they do. But it's not culturally known to not be kicking rocks around. So for me personally, it's the same. Um, Treating the world around us as if they're all living beings as they are. So you would say it's 50-50s equal? In my mind, Really? In my mind, yes. The same as this so, building we're in now so has an energy with it. If my dog was here, my little chihuahua, and yeah. I volleyed it into the ceiling, you'd say that was the same as me following a rock into the ceiling. <laughs> well, yeah, your intention of it all behind it. I, th- I think either of it shouldn't be right. We shouldn't be disrespectful to the ceiling. We shouldn't be disrespectful to the animal. We shouldn't be disrespectful to the rocks. We should be respectful of our world around us. Would you say that unnecessarily killing animals... Um, respectful unrespectfully uh, just killing it in general so whether, whether you shoot it in the head and put it out, out of its misery whether you um you know bang it upside down and slit its throat and let it bleed out whether you uh, just yeah just any kind of killing in general would you say would you say that's justified it depends on respect it depends on what the intention of it is and everybody's got different ceremonies so within shamanism no, no, like ayahuasca ceremony or mushroom ceremony or, or like a fire ceremony is ever the same. You bring through your own 
medicine with that. Mm-hmm. The way that I would kill an animal probably would be a lot different to anybody else. How would you do it? And not that I have killed an animal. So can I answer this question? No, is the honest answer. I have skinned a pheasant because I had to. Because I had to say, well, if I'm going to eat meat, I have to be willing to to be in service at this moment now to be able to skin that pheasant consciously. My son had to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and I know it's, it may sound quite harsh to say, but, you know, we had chickens and stuff like that as well. Not that we ever killed any of the chickens, but he has to understand that that's a life, that's alive, and that if you're going to do this, you have to honour it and you have to make sure you put its use into good use so i've got a load of feathers at home um you know wings and stuff that will be used for saging so people can you know sage and so make sure we don't waste anything in this culture we just waste things a lot agreed yeah you know you go into tesco you know and they'll they'll they they all everything you see all the tomatoes all the potatoes are all beautifully made aren't they the, you see all the perfected ones but you don't see all of the ones that have been thrown away we waste so much stuff because we're trying to get perfection and I think it's just not right. So when we think about killing an animal, it's a very strong word to say and I think we should be conscious of using that word killing because that is what we are doing. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to kill the animal, then we have to have a level of respect for it and we have to care for it enough in that moment to say, I'm grateful for you to be here to provide me what it is I need. Well, you you changed in the Amazon and... You said kind of they they respect all life and they they honor that they honor honor they honor <laughs> honor <laughs> they honor their food uh, and they they kind of say a little prayer before they eat and whatever they make a connection. Um, but there's also tribes in the Amazon who who are cannibals. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say it's okay to for them? And obviously, in some I'm not saying that in some parts of the world they don't have to do this because they do. Yeah. Uh, would you say that they? they're justified to also kill humans um, because they do, you know, just as they do eat animals in Amazon. So would you say that's kind of justified if they were to pay well, the same respect? Why are we worth more than an animal? We're not, which is what the vegans say. They yeah. say we're all equal. We are all equal, but, but you know, when we talk about... I mean, you don't hear about cannibalism that much now. And also, we're in a different time of the world. I think we had this brief just last time. Like, this is the best we've ever lived. And it's easier to be vegan now in this lifetime because we can get stuff shipped over to us, mass done, and it's a lot easier. But also because we're so out of balance with life now, I think veganism is massively coming in because of that, because of how out of balance we are. And we seem to forget that we are an extension of Mother Earth, Everything around us, so those of you who are listening to me on your phones or laptops, where the fuck do you think that's come from? That's come from the earth. Everything you see, the clothes you wear, the home you're in, the car you're driving, has all come from Mother Earth. Nothing is separate away from her. So it's really important to understand that and to really have the the respect that that everything is equal because of that. It's our perception that makes us um, kind of feel individual, separate. And I think it's really important to understand that Mother Earth works through us. Is that animals included in this? Everything. Everything. Everything's yeah. come from it, yeah. from Mother Earth. I mean, you... we're 50% fungi. Mm. You know, we even have the same infections as fungi does. Mushrooms and stuff that, you know, grow through the ground. They're the fruiting bodies of the fungi. Mm. And the mycelium that works through the Earth. And I worked with some mushrooms not long ago, and she said to me... Uh, that 
mycelium the mushroom networks obviously before you know mushrooms the fruiting body so the mycelium is the network that that's mother earth's bloodline and that's how she talks and communicates through everything mm. and do you know that trees talk through the mycelium and that I they recognize that their own seedlings and they can give them water and when there's an infection in their community they tell the other trees through the fungi network because the fungi is mother earth's bloodline i've heard about trees talking they do they do it's mad isn't it yeah I learned how to talk to trees in the Amazon yeah the shaman I said to her I said I want to learn to talk to trees she goes right take this tobacco take uh, grandfather Mapacho into the forest yeah go and blow it go and offer it go and learn to talk I can imagine they're really wise man and old and they've got a lot to say <laughs> this was a lady actually really yeah this was a medicine woman um, and she no, I'm on about the tree oh the tree yeah I'm on it yeah, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. saying I can imagine trees yeah. I can imagine they've got a lot of uh, wisdom to share Mate, talking about energy, um, as a spiritual person, um, you know how contagious energy is and yeah. it cannot be created, it cannot be destroyed, it can only change form. Um, yeah, it doesn't ever go anywhere. Would you say that the energy, I mean, have you ever been frightened in your life? Absolutely. You know, I've, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago to someone when I said, um, I don't think many people in this world have actually been scared and I'm talking about fear as in, you know, not, not oh, you know, you're young and you hear a noise and you think it's a ghost. I'm talking about, you know, people pulling out knives on you and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And, threatening, and that feeling you get where you think, okay, I'm about to die or I could die. And I'm not talking about space brownies. I'm talking about real fear of, okay, yeah, been there. this is serious. Yeah. Um, would you say that when animals get tortured and killed, that energy is a negative one that is unnecessary in kind of where does that energy go and you know is it, is it justified well this is why it talks about i was talking about the ceremony of how you kill and how you work with the animal because if you kill the animal in that fear moment and you strike it and you've got no care and no intention behind it the vibration as i was talking about the energy of that does get trapped in the animal and that's why men people drink alcohol think about alcohol mm. how people can be affected i mean I, i've witnessed a lot of uh, substance abuse when i was a kid like my granddad being an alcoholic and all that sort of stuff and why do people call certain alcohol spirits and how do they get affected by vodka by whiskey there's an arabic word isn't that that's linked to alcohol i'm not sure and it's um it's some kind of negative entity yeah well they, well think about it it's it's the it's the the plant has been fermented hasn't it so it's got a lower vibration to it and mm. that's why you get those feelings with it that's why it tends to have lower that's why people you know a lot of people when they drink if they're really sad it spirals them down and they get really out and you know they can be quite aggressive and things like that because that's the spirit of it coming through same as when we eat meat if it's not prepared correctly and it's not given the right ceremony which a lot of the meat from tesco isn't pumped with water and all the other stuff that's been adding the wrong foods then yeah absolutely it's going to have a lower vibration to it yeah so so the meat that you eat what what would you say is different between that meat in energy wise compared to um, your typical packaged Tesco cheap meat? Well, there's a couple of different things to say. Can I always have meat that's grass fed and done correctly from the right butchers who are very conscious? There are specific butchers you can go to um, that will allow you to get those meats. Yeah, 
but that's not always easy to do and not always and horrible to say but not cost effective as well sometimes sometimes you can't always do that i mean the good stuff's always expensive isn't it for a reason Mm. um so sometimes i have got to have food from tesco and little and all that sort of stuff and you can really tell the difference between the quality of meats um but the difference for me is how I honour that food in that moment is about raising the vibration of the food that comes to me and understanding that I have the gratitude when I eat it. And do, you, do you think the animal that you eat is still scared um, up until the, the moment they die? Like well, the, the old process of you know going into a slaughterhouse and, and grass-fed doesn't always mean grass-fed, man. Like um, Yeah, I know, you know it's very they, hidden, isn't it? Yeah, they, they eat hay and hay is classed as grass and uh, for a big portion of the life, even, even though they, they're fed hay, they're stuck in, you know, in, in the yeah. in the in what's it called the um, the mass farming setup with you know fed grain and kept in horrible conditions and rolling around in their own shit and back onto the subject of pain and fear and, and torture. Do you think that there's still a bad energy yeah. regardless of how the animal yeah, dies yeah. and how it's treated? There's Agreed. still uh, uh, well, I do um, like shamanic house clearing and different stuff, and you can feel energies. And I went to um, somebody's space actually. They they invited me to go and have a look to try and do some uh, like some shamanic medicine and stuff like that from there and workshops and whatever. And I went into this particular barn and I said to him, I said, it's been death in here. I can feel it. And he says, and he looked at me quite surprised and he said, yeah, this is where they used to hang the pheasants. Mm. And the energy does stay there. And how would you move it? You would honour it. You would offer some grandfather mapacho, some tobacco to that space, to the spirits of the space, to the spirits of the birds that have been there and allowing them to return home, understanding that the energy doesn't need to stay there. And then you then transcend the energy. You transform it. It's like I was talking about when you work in medicine, like it could be really difficult. There's no such thing as a bad trip. It's how you turn and transform that energy, if that mm. makes sense. So we can we can change that energy not that uplifting it makes it any better but it's easier for us to process mm. if that makes sense yeah so yeah in the eyes of the victim though you know like so you know put yourself in the in the, in the victim's shoes of you know let's just call it a cow let's call it a pig a pig's forced into a gas chamber mm-hmm. um, I think something like 90% of all uh, pigs in the UK are, are, are gassed to death a lot um, which obviously is you know whether you shoot in the head or not it, it, you got to say that is the the worst form of, of, of you know, death torture. In the eyes of the victim, in that case, do you think it really matters whether you say a prayer for it or not, or whether you honour it, or however you, however you justify it? Do you think, in the eyes of the victim, it it, it makes sense? Well, I'm not in a position to be able to go out and kill my own pigs. If I was. I definitely wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Can we all collectively be aware? I think, again, talking about how we're all becoming more consciously aware of these things, how more and more people are becoming vegan, we're recognising that this isn't how we should treat it. So I agree with you, no, we shouldn't treat it like that. The only thing that I can do, sat at home, about to eat my sandwich or whatever it might be, is to be able to be grateful in that moment. That's the only thing that I can possibly do because I haven't got a farm of pigs. As much as I would love to, the much as I not that I want to kill animals, but if I was going to do that on my own, mm. then I definitely wouldn't do that. So I do agree with you on that. If you don't want to kill animals, would you say that it's hypocritical to fund an industry that does? 
I think I think it's coming back to um, I understand the medicine that's needed, how the difference it's made in my life. Um, if I needed to kill an animal like skinning that pheasant, then I would, and I have to be responsible. Sorry, but that's that's the key. That's the key word is need. So if yeah. you needed to, so I said I said last week to someone, I said if I needed to kill my neighbour, then I would. You know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah, I needed yeah. to, if a dog was outside now attacking an old woman, I would need to kill that dog or at least stop it. You know what I mean? So need is the key word. So would you agree that it's unnecessary in this day and age to torture and kill animals just for a, a, a small um, meal? I think, again, it comes back to choice, what it is we want to do. Um, would I... I have to have the responsibility. Like I know that... Me eating meat means that I have to be prepared to kill an animal. If we were in a situation, we were living in the forest and we were there, you and me, just you and me, backpacking solo for two, three weeks and there wasn't enough to forage, mm-hmm. right? Then we'd have to hunt a rabbit. I'd have to. In this life now, do I need to eat meat? Um, the word is no. It's my choice to eat meat. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember that it's all about a choice of what we want to do and how we do it. Am I comfortable eating meat? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was I before? No. And that's all because of that flipper consciousness. So absolutely, I do agree with you when you're saying about that word of need. And I think that's a strong word, so I appreciate you pulling that up. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, we don't need to kill the neighbour, do we? Mm. Um, but you would if you were put in that situation. Yeah. Um, well, if 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 let's say you know we had this massive war now and all the animals had died and there was nothing to eat and I needed to survive, would I kill the neighbour? Um, I think I'm not in that situation to make that choice. Um, would it make sense to do so? Well, I think I'd have to look at how long I'm going to live for. To be honest, the way I'd rationalise it and go, well, am I going to benefit from eating this person? Am I going to benefit from eating this animal? And if I go, well, I've only got another week, we think, well, there's nothing else around me. Is there an opportunity to be able to still survive in a week? And you go, yes. And you go, all right, I need to do something. That is not going to be an easy choice. The same as me killing an animal now. Like, I absolutely love deers. If somebody put me a plate of deer in front of me now, that's difficult, but I have to honouring it because a lot of my rattles, my drums and stuff are deer. Mm. So I have to respect the the levels of it and I have to put myself through that difficulty and understand the medicine the animal's given me and I have to put myself into its shoes and, and go, well, it's offered something to me. I can't sit here on my high horse and say, oh, I'm not going to eat it because that's my favourite. Well, I've got fucking rattles. Well, you mentioned choice before. You said, obviously, I don't need... You admitted that you don't need to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you said that it's uh, my choice to do it. Um, when you make a choice and there's a victim involved... Um, for instance, if I was to steal off someone, it's my choice to steal. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a victim. Um, but why, do you, why, do you, why do you think that, that, obviously, you've said you don't need to, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. We don't need to, and I'm glad you admitted that. Why does, just because you, whether you can choose whether to do it or not, why does that justify doing it? If you've admitted well, that it's not necessary. Well, the word victim is really strong. It's a really strong thing to use. And we don't... In the UK, we have massively destroyed our natural ecosystem. We've barely got any natural wilds places left now. We've destroyed it. 
And the word victim is very strong. And I think a lot of people do use the word victim in their daily lives. And if we think about somebody being robbed and saying they're the victim, well, sometimes it serves a great purpose and they teach us things and we teach us how to be aware and how we hold ourselves. And maybe that person was on their phone too much walking around and they shouldn't have been on it. And it teaches them that lesson that they need to be more bloody present in life. So yeah, I think we can use the word victim, but nothing happens by chance. Everything happens as it's supposed to happen. Um, so if somebody came to me and said, oh, I'm such a victim, I've had my phone stolen off me, this, and I go, okay, that's unfortunate. I understand that. And there's a story, I can't remember the story, so bear with me, um, but it was almost like there was a, a farmer and his son broke his leg. And they said, oh, that's very unfortunate. And he went, Maybe. And the next thing I know, an army passes through and they come knocking on the door trying to get everybody to get involved in this farm. It was too old for the sign-up. And the son had broken his leg and couldn't sign up. He couldn't go off in the war. And everybody said, oh, that's very lucky, isn't it? Maybe. (laughs) So everything serves a purpose. And we have to recognise that we can't all play victim. It's our choice. I agree. I agree that we can't all play victim. And there's a lot of victim mentality in Mm. this day and age and people act like the victim um but that doesn't take away the fact that the there is a victim in 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 the meat industry where a pig or a cow or anything that someone kills unnecessarily is a victim yeah. no i, I, agree, I just, do agree now, we I'm, are I'm disrespectful cite, these are not my own words i'm going to cite um cosmic skeptic here because he said something that i thought but he put it into way better words than me yeah so would you agree that everything has a soul? So, yeah, the, every living thing has like you know their own personality. Everything's dogs, alive. Dogs. Let's just talk about the the animals we kill. So, dogs have got their own personality. There's, if there's a dog walking past now, I don't know that dog, um, but I know he's got his own little characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say you're behind the curtain. So before you enter the world, this dream reality that you call it. Mm-hmm. There is a soul, which is you, and you're about to be born into anything. It could be a black man, a white man, a poor man, a rich man, um, an animal. You're going to be something. So let's just say that you're going to be a black man uh, when the um, slave industry was was rife. You know what I mean? Would you? I mean, you, you would you would go against this anyway. As someone who's born into a modern world as a white man, you would yeah. still be against this. So, but you'd want to take away slavery because there's a chance that you would be born into that body. Um, if you were born into um, a poor man's body, you would want to array, um, eradicate poverty. There's a chance, and you've got 10 times more chance of being a chicken than a human. Would you abolish the factory farming industry if you know there's a chance that you could be that chicken. So basically, all forms of cruelty, all forms mm-hmm. of injustice, would you eradicate these, knowing that there's a chance that you could be them? So remember at the start I said that we're all specialists mm-hmm. and that we all go down particular routes and particular medicines and certain routes that we're drawn towards. Mine's all about the mind and how we perceive the world and how we live within it. When I used to watch conspiracy theorists and talking about all this different stuff, and I don't like using that word because a lot of it is true. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff is true. I know it is. <laughs> so I don't like using that word, but I'm going to use it. Yeah. 
I realised that talking about chemtrails and 5G and all this different stuff, I was like, can I do anything about that? Am I drawn to do anything about that? It's not that I don't see that it's going on, but it's my choice on what it is that I want to do, right? And it's the same as somebody who talks about fitness. They get, they're either really into swimming, running, martial arts, weightlifting. Why don't you do every single one of them? Because you can't spread yourself that thin. You have to become a specialist. Mm-hmm. So not to sound very disconnected from this, I understand that that's not my fight. And as much as I would could sit here now and it would upset me to see those things going on, it does upset me to think them what going thing, on. Sorry. So animal cruelty. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see any of that. I know, mate, but it's like domestic abuse, isn't it? I, domestic abuse isn't my fight, but I still don't domestically abuse people. Do you know what I mean? You've got the power to if I have, fund it and make it happen. It's not... You know, it's not. It's not like it's not like you're saying. Yeah, but that's that's, that's nothing to do with me, because it is something to do with you. So, I mean, so, so yeah. it's not. It's not that that. So remember when I come back and I said about that conscious choice of being able to get the meat that I can. I'm happy eating meat. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm happy. Would you be happy if you were in the victim's shoes? Like I said, so say if you're behind yes. the curtain. If somebody came into here now and killed me. Would I be okay with that? Yes. Not everybody else's mentality would be like that. Okay, so... But that's only because of working with medicines. So if, if, that, if, that's, if we go back to the curtain and we say, okay, you've just said you, you'd be okay with it. If you, yeah. So if you were an animal, you'd be okay with the suffering and torture. If you were beyond the curtain and God said to you, right, you're going to enter this world now, you're going to be a pig and you're going to live four years of absolute misery. You're going to be put... You're going to be rolling in your own shit... You're going to have your balls chopped off or your, your tail clipped or your teeth pulled out. You're going to roll around in your own shit and eventually you're going to be gassed mm. to death. You're going to be fed microplastics because it's the cheapest Yeah, way. I did hear about this. It's disgusting, right? And then four years or five years of hell and then you're going to be put on a ship, 50 degree heat, shipped to another country in sweltering conditions. Mm. Half of your pigs around her and all your mates are going to die of fucking exhaustion. And when you get there, you're going to be chopped up into pieces and sold to to people just so they can have a fucking bacon sandwich. Would you, behind that curtain, say, right, I'm up for that? Or would you want to abolish that? We all have free will and we all have a choice of what we want to do. Is that something that I would choose to do? (laughs) No, we would. Um, You'd rather not exist, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course, of course. And I think it really does come back to, and I think this is your medicine. This is what you really like, because the things you've just said there, like, you know, that microplastic thing... I did see one thing about it and I've forgotten about it and you've just brought that back up. And I think that's why it's really important for you to continue doing this work and keep pulling this up so people can hear these things, you know, and why, bring that why do you think that? Is, it, is that because you agree with all of it, part of it? I agree with that, exactly what you're saying. Mm. I do agree with it. Would you say that your actions don't align with your beliefs? No. I would say so that, as I was saying, I'm happy to eat the meat. So you agree with the vegan I don't message? Agree, no, no. So what I'm saying to you is, is that I can try and make a conscious choice that I can because of the lifestyle that we live, if that makes Would sense. Would you say that it's inconsistent to oppose some forms of cruelty but not others? For instance, you, yeah. would, you, you would stop someone from beating a dog up but then you'd fund uh, a pig getting gassed to death. But am I, am I in control of the dog that we see being beat up in the street? versus the pig that I haven't seen. I don't know where they are. If I, if I was to leave here now mm-hmm. and there was a lorry that pulled up and started kicking the cows and the pigs, I would be involved straight away, obviously. Why? 
Well, because as I was saying to you, the same as the kids, like my son kicking the rock, I care about life around us. I do care, right? And yeah, I guess we can say that it is contradictive to say that I do still eat meat, right? Mm. But that's my conscious choice to do so. And that it makes a difference to my body, how I work with it. It allows me to be more grounded. So I have to try and make that conscious choice between eating meat. But do I agree with the cruelty? No. Am I aware of all the cruelty that goes on? No. I'd say that I'm quite a grounded person, despite yeah. not funding animal abuse, you know what I mean? So, but that's you. So what, why are you different to me in, in, in the fact that you would, you'd feel more grounded by eating dead animal, but I wouldn't, kind of thing? Where, where does that... Well, I think, I think we've got to say not everybody is the same, are they? Not everybody perceives the world differently. Like this conversation now Agreed. is interesting. We don't perceive things the same. So absolutely, you are right. Um, you know, you can be grounded. Like not everybody suits the vegan diet, right? And some people really prefer just the meat diet. It just depends really on what your body dynamics are. We're all a reflection back of each other. And we have to have these differences and these dynamics within life. And I think it's really important to see that. I think we're all very caught up with how separate we are, but we seem to forget, like, the fly can't, uh, sorry, the, the flower can't live without the bee. Which one's more important? None of them. They all exist together. But you can live without animals. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed, but it's a choice, isn't it? It's uh, but tr- I don't choose, I don't like the cruelty, but I'm not aware of all the cruelty. And if people like you are bringing it up, then it it allows it. So this conversation is really interesting because of that. Like you were talking about the ship and the different things. But if nobody talks to you about it, you're not aware about it. mm -hmm. And that's why I say Mother Earth now is talking through people like you to bring those um, opportunities up to be aware. God sent me here to save all the animals. (laughs) And do it. Absolutely. You know, I'm trying to help people with their minds. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can't sit here and be on my high horse and say I know everything because I ain't got a goddamn clue. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, the things you're saying I'm the same, you know, I'm not, I'm not a militant, militant vegan. I don't, if, if we went to a restaurant and I ordered a, a tofu curry and you ordered a, a 16-ounce ribeye, I wouldn't say anything to you. You know what I mean? Mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't push my... My, my beliefs on you I wouldn't you know what I mean I wouldn't go out of my way to be like oh that's wrong you know what I mean um, I do though speak to people and get their yeah, perspectives yeah. on it and try and put my uh, opinion across to try and make the world mm. a better place I suppose you know what I mean what, what's your I mean obviously I'm not educated enough on this what's the process of tofu because I've heard different things I've heard that um, to grow tofu nothing else can live there they have to kill all of the insects all the other plant species and everything has to be well, killed well first of off. all 80% of all the world's soy is fed to livestock so um, it does cause deaths and so does everything, you know what I mean? So mm. I think there's only 6% of, of soy products in the world that are actually fed to humans. Um, and in order for humans to live, we have to kill things. Um, just like, you know, we're driving around on the roads and we need to progress as a civilization so things will die. Um, so that's not really the vegan um, viewpoint. It's like we know that things obviously die and, you know... the, the there's, there's certain things that we're not happy about, but it's all about minimisation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not ideal that, you know, insects have to die and stuff for us to eat, but what else are we going to do? Well, the, insect, you know I mean? the insects, without the insects, like, I mean, since I've been driving, I remember when I used to drive on the motorbike and after, I used to always have my visor up and always get smacked in the eye by a bee or something. Yeah. I'd always be covered in flies, you know, driving around the country lanes, and now you barely see any of that. I think... The harvesting and all of the the way that we're 
you know, dealing with our crops and different things, the way we feed our animals. I'm not saying that plants and animals are any different and that we shouldn't focus on one or the other. I'm just mm. saying the whole process of everything we do isn't very good. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that will come in the future, you know what I mean? So, But we've got to learn it, and we've got to adapt these exactly. things. I we? mean, you know, someone will say, yeah, but, you know, crop deaths and stuff. Well, my view is, okay, let's stop gassing pigs. Let's stop, you know slitting cows throats and then we'll eventually get to vertical farming where in the future less and less suffering can can occur you know but what I mean? the out of balance creates balance mm-hmm. and we're out of balance and people Why do you think we're out of balance i think because we work in cycles and we have to learn like the universe we're all we are all the universe and if you think about a ball of light and then you cover it with you know some kind of like darkness like cover it completely and then you put a pinprick in it right those little pinpricks are all the different souls yeah so you and me theoretically are the exact same right we are let's say the word godhead Mm -hmm. right as i was saying to alex you can't look at like if i said to you look at your own head right now you're like well i can't fucking do that i don't even know what i look like you need a mirror don't you to be able to see what you look like Mm -hmm. yeah or a river exactly but (laughs) the rivers that's the river talking back at you Mm -hmm. so you need something to reflect back yeah, so you and me are a reflection back of each other. So you will have your ideas, I'll have mine, and we work through them, and it allows the universe to grow and to expand and to develop further through it. So all these things that we have in all these difficult experiences is what show us how to move into new cycles. Mm-hmm. So life has to become, like we were talking about people's trauma, they have to sit in that difficult and darkness before they can transform it. So we're going through this disrespect of the world of, the world, of the Mother Earth, to then change that we're going through that trauma of the earth now and then it's what we do to develop that and to become better with it would you say that what you're doing i'm not saying that you you eat six seven meals a day full of meat but i'm saying what you know what you're what you're funding um would you say that that's detrimental to the environment so you can actually make that change now so rather than just be like okay i'm going to eat burgers until i'm mm-hmm. until i'm 90 and i die or whatever and then the future generations will have to deal with this do you not agree that like now is the time for change? Now is the time for yeah, people yeah, yeah. to stand up and say, I'm not doing this anymore? We should. But do you remember I was talking about how I was shown that it's okay to have human traits? And I'm not saying that we should be happy with the, the cruelty of animals, but there's only certain things that keep us grounded. And for me, that's one of the things that just helps keep me grounded. Yeah. Um, do I think I'm why sitting... It, why I can't sit on my high, high, high horse now and say that I'm right because I know I'm not right. I do agree with you. If you yes, know, I can cut meat out, but do I want to cut the meat out? If you um, know you're not right, why would you not be willing to change? In, as a spiritual person, why would you not be willing to make a change we're now? We're all spiritual. To, we can't say that as a person, I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> as a person, why would you not want to make the change now if you've admitted that you agree with the vegan movement and you can actually make a change right now when it gets to 12 o'clock, it's lunchtime. You can literally change now. Well, I can't blame this on anybody else because mm-hmm. we all have conscious choice. So when something's difficult, like when people say to me, oh, I hate my job, I don't like my job, well, you have a choice to leave that job. So I do have a choice to become vegan again. Um, do you think you would? I, I could right now. Um, will I? Probably not because it's it's not the easiest route so as i said how i started me to eating meat again was for making life easier for my wife because it was difficult for her you know sorting food out and all the different stuff because she does do a lot of the cooking because i'm not great at it (laughs) 
So I'm kind of respecting her a little bit and trying to do the best part that I can and trying to find the balance in the household, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I can't force everybody into my way of seeing. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would love to be vegan again right now, and I've said this, um, but it doesn't fit in the household of my wife, if that makes sense, because she does all the cooking. Mm-hmm. Now, if you and her was to sit here and have that conversation, then absolutely you would change her mind on that. But I'm not in the process or in the mind view that I have to force everybody to see my way of life, my view, like my, you know, my shamanic if stuff. Is, I know what you mean though, but if something is right and wrong, like you've... In, but in what's some, right or wrong? Well, exactly. Obviously, morality, subjective morality, yeah. objective morality and all that. But we already make moral decisions. So, and you've already admitted that you think that it's right, you know what I mean? Or, or, or shall I say wrong? Because you've already said that. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, you've, already, yeah, you've already made that, that conclusion. Um, so if something is... You've admitted, okay, that's wrong. I don't. I agree with what you're saying, but my girlfriend cooks and she eats meat. But surely you would change that if you thought that was wrong. You know what I mean? But I forced her into it, and I I can't make her life any harder as well. It's well, so just she, trying to find the balance veggie. of the dynamics in the family, isn't it? When you say you forced her into it, was she, was she veg, vegetarian or no? When I became vegan, I made the whole household go vegan. Yeah, and that wasn't very comfortable for everybody. That mm. wasn't, you know, it was difficult for my son because when he goes to school, mm. you know, he, they just give him whatever he wants. You know, he doesn't think, oh, I can't eat that and I can't eat this, if that makes sense. Like, he's got his own mind. I can't force him into my, my, my way of thinking, right? But you, but you bring him up teaching him not to steal, not uh, Yeah, to, yeah, not I do, bully, yeah, absolutely. To, I do not, give not him violent, these. You know what I mean? So you, you'd bring him up not to be violent and, and the meat industry is violent, it's barbaric, you know what I mean? It, it's... Mm. It's you, you've admitted yourself it is disgusting what we do and I could show you footage now that you'd be like I don't want to see that yeah. you know what I mean is it, I is can, it right to kind of bring your kid up at, I can at, show him but I can't stop him so so do you so so he knows we've yeah. spoke about it like when I had the chickens I would explain to him the process of the food that he's eating mm-hmm. and that the responsibility he has same as when we did the pheasant and he had to stand there and watch it he has to understand the process of it now, it's his conscious choice on what he wants to do. How old is he? He's six. Do you think that it needs... I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, yeah. you should bring your kid up here, but do, would, do you not think that if you've already admitted that something's right and wrong, that you shouldn't guide your, your child Guide in that is way, the key or... word. It's almost like I can only guide him, I can't control him. I can only guide him, and I can only let him see the world right. Because we're in a world now where we're all very controlled, the media controls our mindset and everything, and I don't want to do controls that. Controls some people's mindsets. Yeah, some yeah. people. And very controlling. So I'd, I want him to be a free thinker and come to his own realisation because there's a lot of people who talk about love and light and all this different stuff and all these special words and whatever, but they don't have the right meaning and intention behind it. They don't actually know what the fuck that means. Hmm. Whereas when I'm trying to speak about something, and I say trying to speak about something, I try and speak honestly. I appreciate your honesty as well. You know, I try and speak honestly. I haven't got a clue about anything, as we realise that nobody really does. Mm-hmm. And we just try and do our best to understand it. So, yes, I could make him see my views, but I'd be making him, it wouldn't be authentic to him. So I have to let him be authentic and make sure that as he grows up, if he is authentic to who he should be. Not what everybody else thinks he should be. So if he feels like me as a kid with all the rubbish in my pockets, that's right for me, right? 
So as him growing up authentically, he'll go at some point, I don't want to eat meat anymore. And that'll be his choice. And he can then live in the power of that because that's his choice, not somebody else has told him that's what he's got to do. I've got two questions. Yeah. The first one is, if you're over the park, mm-hmm. you took him over the park, he's on the slides, he's on the swings, and you get distracted, you look back over, and he's hitting another kid or bullying another, another, yeah. another, another kid, what would your reaction be? Well, we've had this with him. You would... You I've would, sp- I spoke to him and I explained to you him. You wouldn't let him just do it because he's got to figure it out for himself. You would, you would go over and well, we say would, this is wrong. Or we would whatever. talk about it. Mm. How do you think that makes him feel? How do you feel? Because you've had kids doing stuff to you as a kid. How did you feel about it? Mm. What do you think you're gaining from that? Why are you doing it? Second question. If you was in the park, you got distracted, looked back over, and your kid was hitting a dog with a, with a twig, what would you say? Exactly the same thing. We've got a dog at home. And kids experiment with different things and he winds the dog up blowing in his face. I say, excuse me, do you not realise that Teddy's just as important as you are? He's part of this family. Be respectful of what you're doing to him. So like I was saying to you about when we are, you know, working with animals, we have to respect everything. Nothing's any better. Nothing is any better than us. When you said the dog is important as you are, would you not agree that other sentient beings are as important as humans as well? I think I already agreed that earlier. I do agree with you. Everything is. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything. This chair, this table, everything around us has got medicine to it. I like to listen to these point of views because some people would say, no, we're supposed to do that. No, I want to do that. No, that's okay. But I kind of, I kind of appreciate, you know what I mean? What, what, you, what you're saying, you, 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 you're open and you agree, but you also agree that your beliefs are not in alignment with your actions because you've already admitted that yeah, it's yeah. hypocritical to, to, to fund what you do and and am I okay with that uncomfortably yes in a weird way why are you okay because with we've all got a choice and some choices aren't easy I've got, and it's least I've, resistance I've, okay, that so we all go for I have the choice to steal off the elderly but I don't it could be easy man I could have a life yeah. of luxury you know what I mean but I don't because I think it's immoral to do so you've already admitted that it's but immoral but you could I could but I'm not going to exactly I, mean? I could I could blow, blow up the Houses of Parliament, but exactly. I'm not going to do that. Exactly, but you don't. So, yeah, because, so. it's the, because you know that the least resistance and the easier route is to not do that. So am I going to make everybody my else's... Life would, my life would be easier if I stole off the elderly. There you go. But you choose not to. But it wouldn't be that easy, would it? Because you would have other things going on. My, you'd my... have the police coming after you. You'd have to be worrying about what it is you're going on. You've got to always be thinking about this. So I know you're saying it's easy to do it, but you've got a lot of repercussions. So that's the reason why you don't do I it. I could get away with it, man. <laughs> easy. So then do it. Why aren't you doing it? Because it's immoral to do so. Also, it's immoral to be cruel and abusive towards yeah, yeah. animals. So it's There's... like... Agreed. You say we've all got choices, and I, I admit, yeah, we, we, you can do whatever you want, but my kind of morals align with, with, my, with my choices. So if I think something, something is immoral, I won't do it and I won't fund it. Yeah. If something is moral, I will, regardless of the law as well, because obviously legality doesn't equal morality. Yeah, and, I like that, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and if, if someone said to me, that, oh, but that's against the law, I said, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what the law is. Um, I base my... My, my actions and behaviour on, on my own morals yeah. and 99% of our morals are the same and we agree but it's just this one little thing where you've admitted that it doesn't align because you like, like I said I would be vegan again now mm. why, um, why, you why, know, why? why not and as, as it comes back to what I was saying earlier it's just for the dynamics of the home like I only started eating meat again because my wife wanted to but I can't blame it on my wife because yeah. it's my choice you did blame it on your wife though 
well, it's my choice. I could choose to cook at home. Good night, <laughs> exactly, really. Could, but yeah. it hasn't been that easy with what's been going on, you know, yeah. the dynamics at home and, you know, doing different things. How many meals do you eat per day? Two to three. Let's call that. it three. Let's call it 15 minutes to cook. If you were to get three 15-minute easy vegan recipes up, 45 minutes of your day, plus the washing up, that's not ideal. Well, you think the dynamics have only changed recently as I stopped working. So I was, um, you know, working. I was leaving the house at 2 a.m. And uh, I wasn't getting back home to about 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So my meals would have had to have been pre-prepped, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you what, sorry? I can help. Uh, meals had to be pre-prepped so you know and I never really wanted to put too much on the wife because obviously you know we've got a little baby and different stuff so it's just trying to be fair to her as well and it's like what can I make a difference with like it's the immediate thing yes I do not like the cruelty of the animals but also don't like seeing my wife very happy I understand this I understand it's difficult you know what I mean I'm I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say you know everyone's in the perfect position to be spending an extra two hours a day to, to prep things and you know I understand it is convenience mm. and um, you know it, 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 that's just life isn't it? You know, well, yeah, and, and I haven't got a kid and I can, I can understand what it's like you know and I'm not saying it is easy but I'm just saying um, that one hour a day that you might have to spend you know is, is, it, it, well, it counteracts the, the footage that I constantly see on a daily basis yeah, yeah. The, the, the barbaric videos that I have to see that one hour a day is worth it you know well I mean? it comes down to convenience you know ultimately and also as i said it's that road of least resistance isn't it again as i as i keep saying so if we have this conversation two months time but i've probably gone vegan again maybe because the dynamics of the house may have changed mm-hmm. um but the way that you know like i said i can only do what i can do the same as like i was talking about with the chemtrails am i going to do anything about that no there's nothing that i feel drawn to do mm-hmm. some people are really empowered by it like you this is your medicine my medicine is helping people live their best lives mm-hmm. and we need people like you and people doing all these different speciality things to bring through their medicine mm-hmm. that's not my medicine i can only do what i can do if that makes sense mm-hmm. so i can't take on that big task because that's not my task in life that's your task that's your sole purpose to fight this fight um, and I appreciate that. And I can't come here trying to stand my ground and trying to defend my beliefs because my beliefs I know could be better, but I try and go down the road of that's the easiest for the family dynamics. It's actually not a massive task, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like you've got to spend, like I said, seven years at university to, to study to how to not eat certain things and just put things in place of them, uh, regardless of the house dynamics kind of thing, do you know what I mean? And chemtrails, yeah, you're not funding you're not you're not you're not funding the chemtrails so obviously you can't really compare the the chemtrails and and funding the meat industry kind of thing but one last question mate because we're pushing on and i don't yeah. i know you've got to go yeah. um do you think that what's your favorite meal meat wise i really love curries and one of my favourite meals is a sarg with potato and king prawn. Forget the prawns. Yeah. Pick, pick one with meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the favourite meal. Um, prob- probably lamb. Lamb. Probably lamb. Honestly, no. Yeah. If you were going to cook a meal, mm-hmm. it's your last meal ever. Yeah. Let's, let's not say last meal ever because then you probably would kill the sheep because you're like, fuck it, I'm going to die anyway. Um, Let's just say it's going to take you an hour to cook a delicious vegan meal. 
and it's also going to take you an hour to grab a baby lamb by the throat, slit his throat, watch it bleed out in I know exactly where you're going with this. And what, what, what would, you, would you seriously kill the baby lamb unnecessarily when you could, with equal time and equal yeah, 10 out of 10? You could. No, no, no. So if you had, right, if you came to my home and mm. you gave me a tray with all the vegan stuff that I needed, oyster mushrooms and all the different stuff and all the veggies and all that all there, and then gave me a baby lamb to kill, mm-hmm. what's easier for me to do? Well, what if it was the same? It was exactly the same. I'm not saying it is, because obviously the killing the lamb would be a lot longer and a lot more labour-intensive, but if it was exactly the same, one hour, you got a 10 out of 10 vegan meal, 10 out of 10 lamb meal, and you had to put this baby sheep through unnecessary pain and suffering, what, what would you do? Well, I would go for the, the re- vegan route mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. You know, as we were talking about the vibration of everything, I, like I would, I would, and I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. Do I agree that I'm living the best authentic life that I can? No. And I think it's okay for me to say that. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody no, that's listening... That's the thing. It, 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 it's appreciated. Yeah, you've got to be fucking honest. Yeah. Yeah, People yeah. aren't honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, if you've listened this far and you haven't got frustrated <laughs> with me, um, then I think it's really important to be honest and say to yourself, am I living my life, best life that I possibly could? No, but we have to understand why we're not. Can mm-hmm. we change it? Yes, we can. Do we want to change it? Or maybe we can at some point. But I can't take on the whole world in one big go. I have mm-hmm. to just take things bite size through. And we'll start at 12 o'clock today, man. <laughs> <laughs> You've got two hours, man, for the next meal. It will happen, but I've just got to get the dynamics right at home. That's yeah. the most important part for me. Yeah. Mate, thanks for the chat anyway. Um, just before we go, Ayahuasca. I've got the name of it then. Ayahuasca. Yeah. What would you say to someone who was thinking about doing it? Uh, what, what advice can you give? Because I know it is a powerful yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, aside from the animal chat, mate, what, what would you say to someone who, who was looking into psychedelics? Do not do it in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, go to the home of it. Don't go to somewhere in Europe. Go to where it's traditionally done because the jungle offers the medicine with it as well. Mm-hmm. And the connection that you have with the jungle is just as important between that mother ayahuasca. It's the integration that's most important. And when you work with these traditional shamans, they don't have all the Western thought processes. And even though, I, you know, not that I really run around like if people say, oh, who are you? I don't go, I'm a shaman. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't do that. Um, you know, I think it's really important to understand that they have different thought processes and it's a bit more traditional and the way that we can perceive the world around us. Like some of the things that I'm saying today will probably have triggered some people and think this guy's a right dick because of our Western thought process. But I think it's really important to have set and setting right and make sure that you work with the right shamanic practitioner. Make sure you've done enough research on them on the center as well, because there are people out there who haven't got the right intentions that are just trying to do it for money and aren't trying to actually help you. They've got their own intention. Mm. And I think it's really important to have that because it comes through with the medicine. And you need to make sure you have somebody who can integrate those difficult times that you have like you know i do hapai and gambo and different stuff and i did a a a hapai ceremony with somebody we did a double session two and a half hours we did a real digestive you know understanding what's going on in the mind and we worked some hapai and it was a really difficult time everybody's got a different experience some people just sit there some people it's extremely powerful just like mother aya it can be really powerful and um 
it was really difficult for this person and we had to break it down and understand what it was they were showing them and why they kept feeling the way they were and what was happening and we spent I spent an hour of my own time you know they weren't paying me for it I spent an hour of my own time to make sure that they were ready and they got all the integration that they needed and that was off my own back whereas somebody and I'm not saying that I'm right for doing this but there's certain people out there who don't have that right intention and they would have just sent them off out the door without giving the integration and for me it's more important so I Mm. I would say that because you care yeah because I care Mm. um and I think it's really important to say that if you are going to work with Mother Aya or Mushrooms or whatever you choose to work with, you've got somebody who you can integrate it with and you can make sure that you can be open with them and talk true mm-hmm. and make sure that they are actually listening, that they've got good listening skills with it mm-hmm. and that they can explain to you. Like yesterday, um, I put a post on, I don't know when this will go out, but mm-hmm. I put a post on about a, um, a caterpillar. I went to grab my single bowl, which I very rarely work with. I grabbed my single bowl for this person I was with yesterday. We did some happy as well and some other bits. Started playing the single bowl and all of a sudden I seen a caterpillar. I pulled the caterpillar out and I just said, look, you see the message that they're giving you and how they're talking to you and how they're showing you. As you look at that caterpillar now, that butterfly already exists in there. Mm. Do you see that you already are the best version of yourself, but you've got to dive deep within as a caterpillar does a cocoon to realise that you already have that within you. You already are the best version of yourself. You've just got to realise. So I took the caterpillar out and I said thank you to it. And I opened the door and I put it down onto the plant and I said thank you for your medicine. I'm glad you didn't kill it. Of course I would not. (laughs) I wouldn't. Um, Same as I wouldn't throw rocks into the ocean for no reason. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's... It's making sure that somebody's in tune with the world around them and that can help you. And I'm not saying that I'm the best person. I don't work with Mother Aya, which I will do at some point. Yeah. Um, she's guided me and told me that I will start offering Mother Aya, but I don't want to do it in the UK. It needs to be, not that it's legal, but it needs to be in the right place, in the Amazon, where it belongs, with the medicine, with the integration. Yeah. And if someone needed any advice or wanted to go down your services, the route of your services, where, where do they find you at Instagram? <laughs> Instagram, they can find me, The Heart Shaman. Um, they can go on my website, theheartshaman.co.uk. Um, and I'm always you know, available. I might get quite caught up because I've got a lot of people talking to me every day, but mm. I will always get back to you that day. And we can arrange a call, you know, half an hour, an hour, just to dive into what it is you want. I might not be the, the person that you're after. As I said, we've got specialists that specialize in certain things, but I'll always be honest with you. And I say to people that work with me and I laugh with them and I say, look, you'll love me and you'll hate me. Mm. Because... We both have to step into our powers and we have to recognize the things that we don't like. And sometimes my intuition tells me things that are uncomfortable, but I have no judgment of you. I care for you and I allow you to be open and so we can work through those things. So yeah, um, you can go on Booksy, find me on Booksy as well. So you can book your own session on there. So you can book a shamanic healing session. So power, animal retrieval, soul retrieval. That's a good one. So there's a lot of trauma we can retrieve parts of you back that you've lost. Uh, we can get you back in balance. There's loads. Loads. Honestly. Ryan, um, thanks for the chat. It's been very interesting, man. Thank you very much. Um, Glad you enjoyed it. I'll see you on episode two when you've made the switch back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, thank you, mate. Um, and I'll catch you soon. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you very much, brother. Thank Cheers, you. mate.